People of the Book on 101.9 High FM. This is People of the Book, and we've got a full show today. I'm uh, going to be solo for the first half, and then we're going to be joined at half past 11 by Viz and Jethro from Penguin Random House Publishers. And until then, I've got a number of books that we're going to discuss and others that we're going to discuss and give away. We're going to start straight away with the giveaway. And this book is called The Trust. It's by Ronald H. Belson, who is the best-selling author of Once We Were Brothers and also of Saving Sophie. His most recent book, came out, coming, which came out last year, was Carolina's Twins. And he has a very big following for his books, even here in South Africa. His first book, Once We Were Brothers, was self-published, and it became a, a, an internet self-published phenomenon. And it was then picked up by... Uh, Macmillan and they started publishing it and got to an even wider audience and since then his all his books have been published by Macmillan and they've all been bestsellers in this book he changes his focus from Jewish and Holocaust stories to Northern Ireland and this is the story of Liam Taggart 16 years ago he left his native land After a bitter confrontation with his family, never to look back. But when Liam reluctantly returns to Northern Ireland for his beloved uncle's funeral, he learns that not only was his uncle shot to death, he'd also anticipated his own murder. In an astonishing last will and testament, Uncle Fergus had left his entire estate to a secret trust, directing that no distributions be made to any person until the killer is found. Did Fergus know but refused to name his killer? Was this a crime of revenge? Or is it possible that the killer is a family member seeking Fergus's estate? Otherwise, why postpone distribution to the heirs? Most menacingly, does the killer now have his sights on other family members? As his investigation draws Liam further and further into the past he had abandoned, he is forced to reopen doors long ago shut. Now accepting the appointment as the sole trustee of the Fergus Taggart Trust, Liam realises he has stepped into the centre of a firestorm. This is The Trust. It's Ronald Belson's newest novel. The author is a Chicago trial attorney. He's an educator and also a writer. And his practice has taken him to several international venues. And this is more great edge-of-your-seat thriller writing from Ronald Belson. It's The Trust. And for someone to win this copy, it's a beautiful hardback copy of The Trust, all you have to do is send us your name and the title of the book book that you're currently reading and send us either WhatsApp on 061-895-1019 or you can SMS us on 34519. Those are the two options you have to win a copy of The Trust. All you've got to do is tell us your name and the title of the book that you are currently reading. So the next book that I want to talk about, this one, is it's a very, very important book. It came out just a month or so ago. And it is Shimon Peres's final, final book. It's, it's his bit of a, a history and a memoir, and it's called No Room for Small Dreams. He completed this book in early September last year, 2016, 
and he passed away at the end of the month of September, the 28th of September in 2016. And so this book was finalized. It was finished just before he passed away. And it is a very, very powerful book. It is, he says, he's dedicated to the next generation of leaders in Israel and around the world. And he tells uh, not so much a full autobiography, but highlights of his life from a young child living in a shtetl in Poland all the way to becoming the president and the prime minister of Israel, overseeing so many major developments in the in the national development of Israel. Here we have an inside seat to the development of the Israeli army, to the development of the nuclear program at Dimona, uh, at the table when the Entebbe raid was being planned and executed, and a lot of very, very intimate knowledge of the politics and the economics and the social development of the nation of Israel from the 1980s economic crisis and the laying of the foundations then to keep to to get inflation under control and also to build a technology sector in Israel that resulted in the startup nation that has characterized Israeli technology. It's the highlights, some of the turning points of Shimon Peres's life. And the whole way through the book, what comes across is his humility and his passion for building the nation of Israel, the, the people of Israel, the state of Israel. He's a very, very, very educated man. And when he has to do a job that he's not capable of doing, he will go and learn exactly what he needs to know to be able to do that job. He wasn't a physicist, but he did become quite expert in the aspects of building a nuclear reactor that was necessary for a politician to know in order to get Israel into the nuclear age. He surrounded himself in the 1980s by a group of really top technocrats and economists to try pull socialist Israel out of the economic crisis that they were in and laying the foundations for the modern economy of Israel that's far less socialist, far more connected with the rest of the world and very, very high tech. One of the shocking revelations in the book is the time he spent in France during the the, the development of well, the, the embryonic stages of Israel's nuclear program, getting support from the, the French state for the nuclear reactor they were building in Dumona, and the friendships that he had made with French politicians in order to get this program off the ground. The, or the other the other part of the book that is well there's so many parts of the book that really open a, a window to the inner workings of the state of Israel. He had a very close relationship with um, David Ben Gurion, and he even writes about how Golda Meir was quite jealous of the fact that here young Shimon Peres had become so close to David Ben Gurion 
whereas she who had been close to David Ben-Gurion for much, much longer was only on an equal footing with Shimon Peres. The, 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 the tension in 1956 around the Suez Canal campaigns and the secret meetings that Israel had with French and British politicians and the tensions between the Israeli and the British, whereas the Israeli and the French relations were very cordial and were moving along very smoothly. All these type of stories that really give a deep understanding to the history of Israel through the personality of Shimon Peres. Like here in the book, No Room for Small Dreams, it is available in the shop. It's a very heartfelt book. And he also puts into the book which he finished just last year, just before he passed away, his passion and his feeling of urgency for peace. He he worked on the peace process in the 1990s that resulted in the Oslo Accords, that resulted in peace with Jordan. He had been working on the Jordanian peace agreement for a long time and had been up and down. And he does feel that for a better future in the Middle East, for everybody, Jew, Arab, all sides of the border, that the, the he did feel very passionately that the push for peace must be maintained. So that's No Room for Small Dreams by Shimon Perez, published by Vadenfeld and Nicholson. It is available in the shops. We'll be back with more books and giveaways after this ad break. People of the Book on 101.9 High FM. This is People of the Book. We're looking at a number of books. We've discussed the book The Trust by Ronald H. Belson. And we've also looked at the Shimon Peres book. Came out a year after he passed away. No Room for Small Dreams. It is a, it's not a big book in size, but it is a big book in history and in the personality of Shimon Peres and the way that he devoted his life for the establishment and the furthering of the state of Israel. Uh, another very powerful part of the book is the time, the, the moment that he was with Yitzhak Rabin, moments before Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated, and that feeling of absolute desolation after the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin. He writes, that, he writes about that in the book as well. Very powerful, very moving book, and it's a very easy read. And it's also it's an unbelievable window into, hist- into history, Zionist history, the development of the state of Israel, and leadership. It's a great, great book about leadership and how a leader has to lead his people. The next book we're going to give away is called The Locals, and it's by Jonathan D. It's published by Corsair. And Jonathan D is a uh, a very very well regarded uh, author in America. He's been a uh, f- uh, shortlist. He's been a Pulitzer Prize finalist, and his books open uh, uh, a window into American civil uh, society. In the book, the locals, a moneyed interloper muscles in on a small Massachusetts town which really becomes an allegory of U.S. politics, but ultimately Jonathan D. confounds expectations. The town of Howland sits amid the wooded hills of southwestern Massachusetts. To reach it from Manhattan, one must first ride the commuter train north to the end of the line, shedding passages at every stop, and then drive east on Route 23. 
In the immediate aftermath of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, the town feels reassuringly remote, 120 miles from the horror of Ground Zero. For Mark Firth, who was stranded in the city when the planes hit the towers, Howland is undeniably home. For billionaire Philip Hady, it is something else. Virgin territory, a new found land. He arrives in the place like some millennial pilgrim father, scouting the woodland, keen to make nice with the natives. In The Locals, Jonathan Dee's mercurial seventh novel, he stalls Hady as a prototype stranger coming into a town and meeting the locals. Hady is a hedge fund mogul and acts as a catalyst for the community and a symptom perhaps of tensions in the land of America at large. Claiming to possess inside information about future terrorist attacks, he hires Mark to improve the security measures at his country house. Then he puts himself forward as Howland's first selectman, that's the New England equivalent of a mayor, Hayley is happy to forego the paltry $24,000 salary. He also wants to help. He only wants to help. He now sees Howland as his his hometown, and before long he's writing personal checks to prop up failing businesses, reducing the property tax rate to a record low. He also orders a repair of the CCTV cameras to be placed at either end of Main Street. The locals also operates as a kind of eye in the sky, scrutinising the influence of Haiti on the troubled Firth siblings, those are residents of the town. It demonstrates how he becomes a kind of mentor for Mark, who reinvents himself as a property developer, snapping up foreclosed homes from the surrounding area. It shows how the mogul steps in to employ Mark's sister Candace as the town's librarian after she quits her job at the local school. And it reveals how he becomes a hate figure for angry philandering brother Jerry, who writes an anonymous blog called Working Man's Dread. The locals, we come to realise, is less concerned with the spider at the centre of the various citizens, at the centre, than with the various citizens who are busy twitching on his thread. This is a, an, an insight into American society and with Donald Trump in the White House, a multimillionaire or billionaire who's pushed his way into American politics, the book The Locals is pretty much that story, but on a smaller scale, a hedge fund multimillionaire who buys his way into the mayorship of a North, uh, a New England town. It's, it's literary fiction, and we're going to be giving it away right now. All you have to do is... Write your name, sorry, send us your name and the title of the book that you're currently reading, and you can win a copy of The Locals. The SMS number is 34519. Our WhatsApp number is 061-895-1019. Now, the next book that I'm going to look at was recently shortlisted for the, the Booker Prize, the Man Booker Prize. And it's called Home Fire. It's by Camilla, Sh- Camilla Shamsi. Camilla Shamsi is the author of six novels, which have all been critically acclaimed and shortlisted for a whole range of literary prizes. She's a fellow of the Royal Society of Literature. And she, in 2013, she was named by Granta as one of the best. She was named by Granta one of the best young British novelists. That was in 2013. She is multicultural. She grew up in Karachi in Pakistan. She now lives in London. And she does put that 
that that that aspect of her life into the into the book, her her knowledge of the Indian subcontinent, and with, together with that modern 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 society in the world that we're living in today, what she does in this book is she takes Sophocles' classic Greek drama, the the story of Antigone, and she updates that story for the 21st century. In this book, we have a Muslim family living in England. Their mother is tragically killed when they're young. The father, some of the siblings have never met, some of his own children have never met, had disappeared into the jihadist Middle East, and he's disappeared. Now, the eldest daughter, the eldest girl, the eldest sister, has grown up. After years, she's, she's spent raising her siblings. Of course, they didn't have parents. She finally manages to leave London, and she's in America where she's studying in a, in a university. But most people who worry about their family, she can't stop worrying about her, sisters, her sister back in London, nor her brother, who's also disappeared in pursuit of his own dream, which is to prove himself to be the dark legacy of the jihadist father that none of the children had ever known. And on top of all of this, Eamon, the son of a prominent British Muslim politician, enters Isma's sister's life, and all the necessary ingredients for a literary thriller, which is also a retelling of a classic Greek drama, are there. Once again, we're going to be giving this book away. All you have to do is tell us your name and the title of the book that you are reading and send us those details to WhatsApp number 061-895-1019 or SMS us on 34519. That's the book Camilla Shams' Home Fire. It's published by Bloomsbury and it's a, it's a literary contemporary thriller it's also the updating of a classic Greek drama, and uh, that's the third. That's the fourth book that we've looked at. We've looked at *The Trust* by Ronald Belson. We've looked at um, *No Room for Small Dreams* by Shimon Peres. We've looked at *The Locals* by Jonathan D. And now we've looked at *Home Fire* by Camilla Shamsi. The next book that I'm going to discuss is a local book. It's written by Ahmad Dangor. Ahmad Dangar is an award-winning author who lives in our city. He lives in Johannesburg. Tikeledi is Dangar's fifth novel, and it follows on from Waiting for Layla, which came out in 1981, the Z-Town Trilogy, which was 1990, Kafka's Curse, which was published in 1997, and the highly acclaimed Bitter Fruit, which was first released in 2001, and it was shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize, and it has been re-released in a paperback edition this year as well to coincide with the release of his book, Dikiledi. Dango is also a patron of the Johannesburg Review of Books. We'll discuss this book, Dikiledi, straight after this ad break. People of the Book on 101.9 High FM. We're looking at a book called Dikiledi by Ahmad Dangor. And this is a South African book. When a family tragedy drives a wedge between father and son, Patrick Tower 
turns his back on his home in rural Maikeng, determined to break from his past and never to speak of the secrets he holds. He builds a life in the city of gold with Julia and their two children, in the township of New Clare. As apartheid's cruel laws take hold and the threat of and the threat of forced removals becomes a reality, Patrick makes a decision that will change the course of their lives and impact on each family member in wholly anticipated ways, unanticipated ways. In attempting to understand the complex history of her famous, father, her famous father's family and country, Patrick's granddaughter, Dikiledi, an investigative journalist, reconstructs four generations of the Tao family, using, in part, the fragments of material newly available to her and filling in the blanks with creative imagination. As she unpicks the tangled threads of individual stories, she uncovers a crime syndicate of apartheid-era figures and disillusioned liberation fighters, and she faces challenging questions that apply to her own life choices about identity, belonging, sacrifice and compromise. She discovers that when seen from a different angle, things are not always as they seem, and that the past has a way of leaking irretrievably into the present. This is Dikiledi, Child of Tears No More, by Ahmad Dango, as I said, he's the author of the Man Booker Prize shortlisted Bitter Fruit. That book was released in that book Bitter Fruit was released in twenty two thousand and one and it has been re released in a soft cover just this year to coincide with the release of his new novel Dikiledi. Ahmad Dangor is a Johannesburg local, so if, if you read this book you will be supporting our own literary establishment here in Johannesburg. The book is an evocative and a very finely detailed novel of ordinary life under apartheid. As follows the lives of a family, particularly the women of various generations, who are named Dikiledi, who together form the backbone of this novel. Dikiledi captures carefully and movingly the essence of the turbulent days in which it is set, the focus on family drama within an incredibly difficult social situation, the small daily struggles, rather than the huge challenges that conventionally make for good archival footage, are what sets the novel apart from other literature that deals with the apartheid period. This is the book Dikiledi by Ahmad Dangor. It is available in the shops right now. It's published by Picador Africa, and it's one of our own literary greats from Johannesburg. The author has been shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize for his book Bitterfruit, which is also available in the shops right now. Then the next book that I've got for a giveaway is called You Can't. Uh, it's called Two Cousins of Azov, and it's a book written by. Um, Andrea Bennett You Can't Bottle Happiness and You Can't Pickle Love. The book focuses on the themes of dementia, memory loneliness and lost connections and it showcases Andrea Bennett's authentic Russian experience. It's very rich with post-Soviet details and when you read this you're transported to the world of the 1990s in the the, the former Soviet Union when Russian state is crawling out of the the, the 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 trash can of Soviet Union history, and this book is 
about, it's called The Two Cousins of Azov. Gore is keeping busy. He has a magic show to rehearse. His new assistant to get in line and a dacker, that's a holiday house, in dire need of weeding. But he keeps being distracted by a tapping on his window, four floors up. His old age finally catching up with him. Tolia has woken from a long illness to find his memory gone. Tidied away in a sanatorium with only the view of a pine tree for his entertainment, he is delighted when young Dr. Vlad decides to make a project of him. With the keen listener by his side and the aid of smuggled homemade sugary delights, Tolia's boyhood memories return, revealing dark secrets. Two Cousins of Azov is a tender and wonderful story of two men who in the autumn of their years have the chance to learn that memories can heal as well as haunt. To win this heartwarming novel about the surprise of second chances in late age, all you have to do once again is WhatsApp or SMS us um, with your name and the num and the name of the title of the book that you're currently reading. Send it on WhatsApp to O six one eight nine five one zero one nine or SMS us on three four five one nine. And then this book is also it's a, it's a it's a heartwarming book, The Two Cousins of Azov by Andrea Bennett, published by Borough Press, can be yours. And that's. Just to look at the books that we've discussed and we've given away, we looked at The Trust and we gave a copy of The Trust away. We looked at Shimon Peres's memoirs, um, No Room for Small Dreams. We gave away Jonathan Dee's The Locals, where a multi-billionaire hedge fund uh, American parachutes himself into a small town in New, in New, New England uh, and becomes the mayor. We also gave a copy of Camilla Shams's Home Fire Away, which is a contemporary retelling of the drama of Antigone, Sophocles' Antigone, but set in Muslim London and New York. We looked at Ahmad Dango's Dikeledi. He is a local author living in Johannesburg. He's been shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize for his book, Bitter Fruit. This is a South African drama, multi-generational drama, focusing on life during apartheid South Africa. And then we finally gave away the book, Two Cousins of Azov by Andrea Bennett, about two men finding their finding, finding that life can have second chances even when you are in the autumn of your life. And we're just waiting for our guests to arrive in the studio from Penguin Random House so that we can discuss with them a number of titles that they're bringing out. Just to mention two books that I'm currently reading at the moment that I'll hopefully be uh, reviewing on the show in the next few weeks. One is called Affluence Without Abundance by James Sussman, The Disappearing World of the Bushman. James Sussman is an anthropologist specializing in the political economy of Southern Africa, where he has lived and worked with every major Bushman group. Sussman was awarded a Smuts Commonwealth Fellowship in African Studies at Cambridge University, and he led the De Beers Group multi-winning sustainability and public affairs initiatives. His book, Affluence Without Abundance, The Disappearing World of the Bushman, 
really making waves around the world. We'll focus on that. And then also one other book that I've started reading right now, and I'll be reviewing it in the few weeks, in the weeks to come, is by Andy Weir, the author of The Margin, which was both a three things. It was a self-published uh, phenomenon. Then it became a multi-best-selling book. Uh, and now it's been made into a movie. And his new book, Artemis, takes his love for space and he sets a mystery, a murder mystery on the moon. Welcome to Artemis, first city on the moon, population 2000, mostly tourists, some criminals. And I'll be talking about this book in next week or the week after. All the books that I'm speaking about, I have posted on our Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search for People of the Book on 101.9, Chai FM, and you'll find all the books that I've discussed and pictures of all the covers. And whatever books we're going to discuss in the second half of the show, I will post on Facebook as well so that everybody will be able to access all the books and then they'll be able to go into the shops and buy the books that we've highly recommended here on the show. We've got Viz and Jethro in the studio. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. And uh, well, I've been speaking for the last half an hour. I want to hand over to somebody else so I can preserve <laughs> my throat. Uh, we'll do Viz's books. That's the... The, the random house part of uh, the penguin, the penguin and agencies, yeah. penguin and agencies yeah, side yeah. of the of the business. Great, great, great. How are you doing today? You are? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. good. I've got quite a list, so I'm just going to go with however many I can and however you want me to go, and I don't know how many Jethro's got. Today. I've also got quite a couple. Have you got a couple? Yeah, I've got, it's, a, it's a great selection. This oh, month, great. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, so um, I'm looking at stuff that's going to be releasing mainly January, February, and some from March as well. When we come back again early next year, we'll, we'll touch back on some of them. Right. Uh, the first one is a big, big release for us. It's the brand new Jojo Moyes. Uh, that's going to be out on the 23rd of January, and it's called Still Me. It's the third book in the series um, of the Lou Clark series. The last one was called After You, and the one before that was called Me Before You. Uh, so this is a brand new adventure for Lou Clark in the um, in that series. And this is Jojo Moyes. That'll be out on the 23rd of Jan. Okay. Uh, and in this one, she sort of leaves um, Britain and she comes to New York and she gets plugged into the social pipeline and meets all these very influential people. Uh, so it, And she meets a guy, obviously. So, yeah, it's, it's classic... Uh, I like to say romance fiction on this one, uh, which is quite good. And it's, everybody's looking forward to this one. Um, and the next one is also another one that's really, really going to be taking off well. It's called Hellbent, and that's Greg Hurwitz. I think we did talk a little bit about this the last time, Steve. Yeah, um, I'm a fan. The, I'm a fan. Yeah, big fan. This is the third book in the series. It's It's got a lot more depth than the first two books. Um, Just to say, the first one in the series was Orphan X. Correct, yes. I yes. can't remember the name of the second uh, one. Nowhere Man was Nowhere the Nowhere Man one. was brilliant, yeah. yeah. And then in this one, he is contacted by... You see, what happens is they still want to tear down all the remnants of this organization that he used to be a part of. And they want to basically make sure that there's no traces of it. Now, he's obviously a, a string that they need to get rid of. So in order to go after him, what they decide to do is go after someone close to him who's, uh, who was a mentor to him and who trained him on the program as well. So they go after this guy named Jack and Jack contacts him uh, initially and says, listen, I need you to find this um, this person that was on the program as well. But while that is happening, this guy sets uh, a plan in, pro in process to get Jack and that's how they get to uh, Evan in this one. So it's really exciting, really personal stuff. I yeah, think no, that's, yeah. it's, on a, it's on a par with... Um, 
the 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 books that uh, Iron Pilgrim. It's on a par yes, with Iron Pilgrim. If yes. you like Iron Pilgrim, you got to read Greg Hurwitz. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's quite pretty exciting. Uh, the next one is another great one. It's a nonfiction title. Uh, I know you're a big fan of of nonfiction, and and th- this is a great book. It's called How Democracies Die. So it's really really applicable to what's happening in politics all around the world uh, here in South Africa. It's written by Stephen Levitsky and Daniel Ziblett. Uh, it's coming out on the twenty second twenty uh, seventh of uh, February next year. And they say democracies die uh, Democracies die in three stages The first is an election of an authoritarian leader And then they repress opposition And um, and then they basically abuse government power So there's three stages to it Unfortunately, if you look at the states Step one has already begun so If you look at South Africa, I think we might be in three <laughs> we already gone uh, But it's, it's really interesting stuff Because they, these guys have been writing about this stuff for 20 years I mean, they've been doing this for a long time And for them to collaborate now and put this book together Is a really big deal It's really interesting stuff um, And then I'll go with one more The next one is Feel Free by Zadie Smith uh, This one is a selection of essays by Zadie uh, she's taking a bit of break from the fiction, which is which is quite refreshing. And she talks about everything from climate change to uh, social media. Uh, she talks about pop artists, you know, things like that. So it's really interesting stuff. It's so vivid. Her style is just so um, sharp. Uh, there's one part she, ta- she talked about Joni Mitchell, and I hadn't listened to Joni Mitchell for a long time. She wrote it so well. I actually went and found Joni Mitchell records and I started listening to them and they, they were really great, you know, to go back. Uh, so, yeah, it's a selection of essays. It's a big, big book um, and that's coming out on the 27th. So, very wide ranging. Yeah. And, okay, classic Zadie Smith. Yeah. Used to dealing with the highest end of literary output in, yeah, in the yeah, world. Yeah. She's a really sharp, intelligent writer, which is really cool. Uh, and then uh, one more I can go on is Directed S. I don't know if I've actually given you a copy of this one, but th- that's this one here by Stephen, Stephen Cole. Stephen Cole, yeah. uh, You know, he did a great book called Ghost Writers. Uh, Ghost Wars, sorry, Ghost Wars. <laughs> Ghost Wars. Uh, so this one is about the secret, uh, the Pakistan, Pakistani intelligence, uh, secret intelligence. Uh, they call themselves um, ISI, but there's a secret division of of them called Directorate S, right? And it is about how these guys have sort of um, made the Taliban and those guys uh, give them a bit more power so that they could I- expand their influence. And a lot of it, he talks about the CIA in America and how when they went into Afghanistan, they were doomed from the start because they never could figure out what this organization was all about. You know? So the Pakistan is an American ally. But within yeah. Pakistan, there is the ISR, which yes. is the intelligence service. And yes. within that, there's a secret service yeah. that basically undoes everything the CIA is trying to do in Pakistan. Absolutely correct. So this yeah. is quite... This is what I, we call headline-setting nonfiction, <laughs> yeah. agenda-setting nonfiction. That's, that's why this book is so big. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's had so, a lot to write about. This there are going to be a lot of uh, headlines in the New York Times and the Washington Post when yeah. this book comes out. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it's, the it's, type, be... it's that type of a book. Yeah. So it's Stephen Cole, Director of Director X. Director S. S. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's uh, – if you like your spa thrillers, real. <laughs> Look out for this one. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. and he's, he's written about espionage before yeah. in his book. Ghost Wars. Yeah. That's so, what makes it so entertaining. It sort of comes from a journal, journalistic, investigative journalist point of view. But it's also there's that other side of it, which makes it really entertaining as well. So, yeah, that's why this is going to be. A it, it is a big book, but mm. you say it's. Uh, it's it's uh, accessible. You can go it's accessible yeah, and yeah. Like immediate. It's, yeah. it's going yeah. to set the headlines yeah. next week. It's pretty exciting, yeah. <laughs> next so, year, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we can go to Jethro now. Okay. That, that, those are Penguin books. Yes. Okay, we've got a few random house books. All right. Um, so, yeah, starting with fiction, um, Richard Flanagan, 
as a new one out. It's called First Person. Um, his previous book was uh, The Narrow Road to the Deep North, which actually won the Man Booker Prize. Um, so this one, it's based on his time when he was a ghostwriter um, about uh, Kif Kelman. He's a penniless writer, and he gets contacted by this con man, Siegfried Heidel, um, in the middle of the night. And asks, he, this guy asks him to write his autobiography, or his biography at least. Um, and as Kif starts writing... He starts thinking, wait, maybe he's actually being corrupted by this guy. Um, you know, he starts thinking that his life is being rewritten. Um, and he starts to, um, he has difficulty um, wondering where, whether he's actually himself or whether he's this guy. So it's a little bit more accessible than Narrow Road to the Deep North. Less literary, I think, but still um, edge of your seat kind of thriller. So it's a literary thriller? His previous book was a tough read. Even that won the Booker Prize. It was a worthwhile read, but it was it was it was it was a challenge. You had to earn the right to turn the last page. You said this is a lot more accessible. Yes, definitely. And it's available now. Uh, It'll be available in December. Uh Yeah, but yeah, most of the ones I'll be talking about are going to be available in December. Um, And then we've got Bonfire by Kristen Ritter. Um, This is kind of Erin Brockovich meets uh, Gone Girl. Um, about Abby Williams. She's an environmental lawyer who um, ends up going back to her small town home because um, she takes on a new case um, investigating a plastics company called Optimal Plastics. Uh, she finds some strange connections um, dating back to a decade-old scandal, and she has some memories that resurface, um, and she starts doubting what she actually discovers. And eventually she unearths a secret that threatens the lives and reputations of the, commu- of the community. So it's also a um, great thriller, but almost a, a legal-type thriller. Now, Kristen Ritter isn't just a writer. She's also no, an actress. She's an actress in um, the Netflix series Jessica Jones. So I don't watch that, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners, the younger ones, will all be familiar with Jessica Jones. She yeah. was on Breaking Bad as well. And she, oh, for okay. a little bit, yeah. I think it was maybe the later seasons. And she was the girlfriend of Jesse Pinkman, the, the one of the main characters. Yeah, she was great in that, actually. So here we've got an actress who's now writing yeah. Uh, thrillers. Yeah, and it's actually really, really good. Um, a lot of the times when you, when you hear actors or actresses are writing books, you know, you think... Maybe it's not that yeah. great, but this seems to, they seem to be getting better and better. You know, if the Tom Hanks that was released recently, yeah. um, and now Kristen Ritter, they're, yeah. they're actually really, really good. So yeah. This is Kristen Ritter, and the book is Bonfire. Bonfire, yes. And, and uh, it's, she's making a lot of waves, a lot of flames. <laughs> she's wearing <laughs> a lot of flames overseas, yeah. in, especially in New York. The media, she's a media darling. Yeah. We'll be back with more books from Random House right after this ad break. People of the Book on 101.9 High FM. This is People of the Book. We're talking books and we're talking uh, releases that are going to be coming out shops within the next week or so in December from Random House. Jethro is giving us quite a number of good Random House books and Viz has already given us quite a, quite a lot of Penguin books to look out for next year. Jethro, over to you. Okay, so um, yeah, moving on to nonfiction, and I think this is where the December list really, really shines for the Random House side. Um, so the first one, uh, it's called Book of the Year, and this is done by a podcast called No Such Thing as a Fish. Um, if you haven't heard of it, this is actually the most downloaded podcast in South Africa. Um, and it's almost a hilarious, trivia-filled journey into the more bizarre reaches of the past year. Um, and the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast, it's actually run by um, the guys who do all of the research for a TV series called QI, um, what they call the QI Elves. Um, uh, some of the things that you'll find out are 
you know, in Australia, they're starting to make toad-flavored sausages, which are actually being used to stop predators from eating toads. So it's bizarre little snippets like that. I think it's, it's very, very cool. Um, coming out in time for Christmas, it's going to be a great, great gift for some family. Um, then another big one, we've got um, the new Timothy Ferris, Tribe of Mentors. Um, his last one was Tools of Titans, which did fantastically well. Um, so this is also, it's, it's a tome of a book, but it's, he's taken the short, um, he's taken life advice from over a hundred people, what he calls mentors, um, and kind of, um, made them, made them smaller. So short life advice from these people. Um, it's got everyone from Ben Stiller to Neil Gaiman. Um, it says a really, really wide selection. So it's called Tribes of? Tribe of Mentors. Tribe of Mentors. Uh, it's the kind of book you can open at random, read for 10 minutes, and be inspired by something. Very, very cool. Tip, uh, completely typothy, uh, sorry, typical Timothy Ferris. Uh, then we've got, um, I can't remember if Viz talked about this last time, but WTF. It's called What's the Future and Why It's Up to Us. No, this is by Tim O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, he's been called the Oracle of Silicon Valley. Uh, he has millions of followers on social media. The founders of Google, Twitter, and LinkedIn all cite him as an influence of theirs. Um, so in this book, he explores the upsides and potential downsides of the future and where technology is taking us, what he calls um, the next economy. Um, he shares the evolution of how he identifies and explains emerging technology with um, world-changing potential. So kind of like um, what is our future or what could our future be when jobs are increasingly being done by AI or machines? Um, and where education is increasingly being done online and is actually outperforming um, traditional institutions. Um, yeah, so it's all about the digital revolution and how it's affecting us in society. And the author's name? Tim O'Reilly. Tim O'Reilly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a very strong technology focus within yeah. Penguin Random House. You had uh, Scott Galloway's The Four, which I oh. reviewed here. It was a, fin- it's a fantastic, fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also, there was the Uber story and there was mm. Wild Ride and there was Airbnb. Yeah. There's been a, there's been a very strong technology focus within your, the publishing house, the publishing house. Yeah. I think we all benefit, we all benefiting from it because it's such a new world. Yeah. We yeah, need to know what's happening around us. And we've got, we've got the first draft of the, of the future. From, from 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 your imprints. Yeah, yeah. and it's changing yeah. so quickly. That's true. And the writing is not stale at all. It's really no. fresh writing that's coming yeah. through, and it's exciting stuff. It's really good. Okay, so the next one, uh, it's called Before You Know It. This is by John Bark. Um, he is Malcolm Gladwell's biggest influence. Um, he's been writing for the last three decades, or researching at least on the last three decades, of um, basically exploring the unconsciousness uh, and the unconscious reasons why we do what we do. Um, so in this book, he reveals the power of the unconscious mind um, and explains how we can harness this power to think, act, and live better. Um, also goes into how we can understand the mysteries of human behavior and the hidden mental processes that govern every aspect of our behavior. Um, so yeah, it's also got tricks um, that you can, or that'll help you to remember to-do items, um, help you shop smarter and sleep better. Um, it's very similar, or not so similar, but um, kind of in the vein of Malcolm Gladwell's Blink and Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. Again, a fantastic, fantastic book. And we really, really love the cover um, at, at the office. It's kind of, it's like a, just a mess of ribbon. And it makes you just kind of want to unravel this ribbon. <laughs> so that's also, you know, why do we have this need to unravel almost this yeah. slight OCD kind of thing? So that's <laughs> what he goes into. It's a fantastic, fantastic book. And when's it going to be available? Also, uh, this is in January. January. This will be in January, yeah. 
So that's within the Malcolm Gladwell's Freakonomics yeah. Yeah. genre. This is the book to look out for. Uh, and then another one, um, Fantasyland. I really, really like this one. Uh, it's by Kurt Anderson. Uh, and this one, it's almost a gonzo history of America's culture over the last 500 years. Um, so America has kind of been that place where renegades and freaks can come out in search of freedom. Um, and they can invent and believe whatever you want. Um, and how that is in some ways an unwritten constitutional right. You know, every citizen is free to construct any vision of the world they um, devoutly believe to be true. And this is evident in the rise of Scientology, Mormonism, conspiracy theorists, you, um, the love of UFOs, mm-hmm. and the recent rise of um, flat earthers. So it's a fantastic, fantastic book, kind of understanding Trump's America and how America actually got to this point today. Um, also available in January. Uh, and then on the local side, uh, we've got the new Claire Robertson. Um, her last one was uh, The Spiral House, which actually won the 2014 Sunday Times Friction Prize. Um, so this one's called Under Glass, and it's more of a um, a deeply researched, intriguing mystery of a historical novel. Um, so it's set in the Tull in the 19th century among the settlers and sugarcane farmers. Um, so this is about the Chetwin family. Uh, Mrs. Chetwin, she arrives back from India in 1856 um, with her daughter um, looking to join her husband, who is deep in the hinterlands. Um, Her father-in-law purchased some land for them, but um, his generosity is not without conditions. Um, And these conditions affect them for years, especially when their fifth child, Cosmo, is born. And as you start reading it, um, you begin to see that there's something strange about Cosmo, something that needs to be kept secret. And we're not entirely sure what this is yet. So I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to reading this one. I think it's going to be great. And that's local fiction. This is local, yeah. Claire, Claire Robertson, Robertson and Under Glass. Under Glass, yes. Okay, we'll be back with a few more books right after this ad break. People of the Book on 101.9 High FM. This is People of the Book. We're in our last five minutes with Viz and with Jethro. We're looking at Penguin Random House books that are coming out in December and next year. The list is fantastic. Whatever they've discussed, I will post on our Facebook page over the weekend. So just keep looking at the Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search for People of the Book on 11.9 Chai FM. And then everything that we've discussed for the last almost two years is on that Facebook page. Um, who's going to discuss the next title? I'll, I'll, I've got a few I'd like to talk about. Uh, the one I'd like to talk about next is The Good Doctor of Warsaw by Elizabeth Gifford. Uh, she did a book before called Secrets of the Sea House, which was a fantastic, fantastic story. Uh, so this one, again, set in World War II. Uh, and it's about this young couple um, that are in Warsaw and they want to sort of get out. But before they do, they get um, – one of them has a professor uh, who's um, actually – has a mission of helping these kids uh, during wartime and together they collaborate and they manage to save 200 children uh, um, during that time which was a big feat so it's one of those epics where it's a very uh, unknown sort of bunch of heroes but they they did big things so that's that's the kind of tale it is um it is it is really nice it starts off with uh, Misha who's the main character and he's sort of fighting in the battlefronts and stuff so uh, it starts off there and they want to basically they could have just gotten married and then got away from also, but they didn't. They decided to do something good. Uh, it is a fictional account of people that actually did do this, so it's not completely made up. Uh, so that's Elizabeth Gifford, the good doctor of Warsaw. And it's published by? Um, this one is coming through um, Corvus, I think it is. 
Yeah, that's Corvus. Yeah, it's Corvus. The reason I'm asking is because that publishing house also has another book. I think it's called Codename Susan. That's actually the next yes, one I want to talk about. Okay. So it's yes. a nice little segue into yes, that. Yes, okay, okay. Yeah, so Codename Suzette, Spa, um, Codename Suzette is about Suzette Sparks, who was, uh, who was a French uh, sort of aristocrat uh, also during World War II. Uh, she, she married a successful playwright, and she could have had a really great life and not get, gotten involved in any of uh, the horrific things that happened during the war but she didn't she collaborated with the, with the underground resistance and uh, she managed to save 500 Jewish children in Nazi occupied Paris uh, this that book will be out on the 27th of February so it's coming in early early next year that's a fantastic one as well that one there is more uh, more non-fiction it's sort of written in that style yeah. that's non-fiction so we've got two two books one non one fiction the good doctor of Warsaw one non-fiction codename Suzette both looking at Holocaust stories or World War Two stories and the, the, the saving people from the Nazi from the Nazi Holocaust. Yes, uh, and then uh, just the last one that I want to talk about. I don't know if you've actually read it, Stephen, but uh, the Chalk Man. Have you finished reading that? I've got a copy. Haven't read it yet. Haven't read it yet. Okay, I just wanted to talk about it. It's a it's a debut novel by C.J. Tudor. Um, it reads really really well, really easy. The characters um, are these young children, and they sort of reminded me of the Goonies in that way, with like sort of goofy and goofing around. They're all very different, but they manage to be friends. And there's one little tomboy girl. They, you know, like so. It's really interesting, and the story plays on from 86 to 2016 so it keeps going back and forth after every chapter our main character's name is Eddie and he comes across this person known as the Chalk Man who gives him this idea that they could communicate with each other through uh, making these markings in their neighborhoods, you know, and each of them has a different color chalk so you'll know if that guy said let's meet at the playground kind of thing and then one day these these things lead to something really serious and they discover something really horrific. I, I don't want to give too much of the plot away, but it's really, really good reading. I think I, I went through it in like a day or day and a half maybe. It was a really quick read, but it was really, really gripping stuff. It's a little dark, uh, but that just that just makes it better, yeah. So it's, it's, cool. it's got a very Stranger Things, almost it kind of vibe to yes, it, but without a, the supernatural element. That's exactly yeah. it. I did, those kids reminded me of the kids in the new it yeah, movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it was actually quite entertaining and fun to read. Yeah, good one. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. Do you throw any more? Uh, I can do another one. Yeah, last one. Okay, so another fiction one. Um, this one's called Nomon by Nick Harkaway. Um, and I think... He is brilliant. Yeah. Um, some of his last ones were... Um, Tiger Man and uh, the Angel Maker the Angel Maker yes that was another one um, so I've been kind of describing this one as 1984 meets Minority Report um, so it's set in a near future Britain run by a surveillance democracy called The System um, they basically know everything about everyone and can spy on your mind so some investigators they start looking into the mind of this novelist who's almost anti this democracy and they end up finding memories of multiple people not just her own but ranging from ancient history and going into the future and this is you know this is bizarre to them because this isn't supposed to happen she eventually also dies during this investigation which is supposed to be a, ru a routine investigation you know people aren't supposed to die from this um so yeah it's very very cool. I'm. I haven't read it yet. It's also a tome, but this is on my December Christmas it's, it's Christmas my, reading it's list. It's on yeah. my shelf for yeah. the holidays as well. His Angel Maker was unbelievable. It was yeah. a work of absolute genius. And he's John Le Carre's son. Yes, yeah. Yes, that is. Okay, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for coming into the studio with us. Our winners, the, the office will contact you to uh, to tell you that you've won. And I'll just check that no one who's won in the last three months is a winner from today. And until next week, everybody, good Shabbos and keep reading.